and welcome to the director's commentary on the DVD presentation of Joysticks. My name is Graydon Clark and I'm the producer and director of the film. I'm going to be talking about the making of the picture and some about the times during which it was made. Joysticks was produced in the fall of 1982. We had a very limited budget to make the picture, around $250,000. With that budget, the shooting schedule, of course, was also very limited, and uh, we made the film in three weeks. Entire production took place in the Los Angeles area. Joysticks was the tenth picture I made, and one of my favorites. I always liked the comedies the best. I tried to set the tone of the picture with this opening title sequence. Fun, sexy, exciting video games and the people who play them. I especially like the song lyrics. I think they help the audience uh, get ready for the picture. Joysticks was released theatrically in the spring of 1983 and was a huge hit. Number one across the country the week that it opened. I remember Entertainment Tonight uh, questioning how a little picture that no one had ever heard of could lead the box office. Well, I think I know. It was very topical, with a hot subject matter, got a lot of laughs, and its intended audience loved it. I got the idea for the film while I was in San Antonio, Texas, previewing my previous picture, Wacko. In the theater lobby, I noticed a line of young people waiting to uh, have their turn to play video games. Now this was in the days prior to home video. And these kids lined up to put their quarters into these new machines. I watched them for a while and realized that there was potential for an interesting story that uh, the kids could relate to. So I returned to Los Angeles and uh, within a few months made the picture. That's Leaf Green driving there. Like most of the actors in the film, he was a beginner with uh, very little experience. These two girls are uh, Kim Mallon, the blonde, a former playmate, and the brunette, Kim G. Mitchell. Both Kims were very good and a pleasure to work with. I think all the actors did a wonderful job under difficult circumstances. What you're seeing is take one or at the most take two in almost all instances. I cast all of them, or most of them at least, from my offices in Sherman Oaks, California. I had open casting calls and they came in. Now today the major studios make a lot of teen comedies, like the American Pie and the Scary Movie series. Back in those days the field was pretty much left to the low budget independent producers like myself. With the right idea and uh, proper execution, you could make a picture for a few hundred thousand dollars and could be released around the world. Joysticks did play all over the world and was very successful. Leaf was really a cool guy, but he played an excellent nerd. This scene uh, was stolen. It was behind a small soundstage that we used. It was stolen on the street, that means without permits. And working without the proper permits is tricky. First of all, you have to work very quickly. This entire scene was done in less than an hour. 
there's a cop car that'll come up in a moment here, and we rented it from a prop house, and I had it parked right next to the cameras while we were filming this stuff, and I think that the local uh, residences thought that the police were already there, so they didn't call and give us any problem. And as I said, we were out in an hour. I would like you to meet Simba. Miles! Hey! What, what are you... Don't! This is the cop car I was talking about. Of course, that's our cop car and one of our guys riding in it. The video arcade, both the uh, exterior, which Leaf is sneaking up to in his underwear, and the, uh, or rather the exterior, which he's uh, sneaking up to, and the interior, were both built at a small soundstage in Hollywood. That's uh, Scott McGinnis playing Jefferson Bailey. Scott was in uh, Wacko for me. He was a very good young actor and I was lucky to have him. Corinne Borer is the actress on the left. She's still working constantly in TV and does a lot of commercials and movies. She's had a great career. She plays Patsy Rudder, does a really an excellent job. Carol Burkett plays her friend, Connie. Don Greer was my art director, and he did a really a wonderful job with extremely limited funds in creating this video arcade. I'd worked with Don numerous times before and was always amazed at what he could do with very little money. We rented a bunch of uh, video games from a local wholesaler to dress the set. He put the lights around and made it look like a place you'd really like to go to. You may have noticed from the opening credits that uh, Nicholas von Sternberg was the director of photography. Joysticks was the second of many pictures I'd be lucky enough to uh, work with Nick on. He really did a fantastic job with very limited time and money. Even though the uh, gang at the arcade may make fun of uh, Eugene, we felt it was really important that they all really uh, liked each other and they got along, that it would be a place you'd want to go.
officially reporting for duty. I use that uh, gobbling Pac-Man throughout the movie as a transitional element. Before production began, I flew to uh, San Jose, California and met with the executives of Nintendo to get uh, permission to use their little guy and to get some of their games. They were very cooperative, most helpful. So that's what happened to Curly. That's uh, Jim Greenleaf playing Jonathan Andrew McDorfus. When uh, Jim came into my office for casting, I uh, immediately thought of John Belushi's character, Bluto from Animal House, and I cast him. I think it was perfect casting, and he gives a really a fine performance. Today, of course, the games that uh, people play at home, the home video games, are much more sophisticated than the arcade games were back nearly a quarter of a century. Pac-Man was one of the original and one of the biggest hits of all, Ms. Pac-Man. Former class president, huh? Maybe video games can change a person, huh? He was a senior class president last year. He didn't look anything like this. That. Game again. Video games. Don't you think you ought to wash your hands first? How come? <laughs> Take one, a bullseye. I've seen joysticks with numerous audiences, and this scene always plays exceptionally well. This is King Vidiot, played very well by John Grise. John is still very, very active. He works all the time. He is the son of a great director, the late Tom Grise. 
He's had a wonderful career, as I say, and continues today. Patty Bunch was uh, my head makeup person. I'd worked with Patty many times before, and she always did a great job. I think she did an exceptional job on the vidiots who surround their king. That is, of course, uh, Joe Don Baker. Joysticks is the second of three films I made uh, in a row with Joe Don. He's a good friend. Joe Don is one of America's great uh, actors. He's had a long and distinguished career that continues today. Joe Don's two nephews, Arnie, played by John Deal, and Max, played by John Volstead, were very uh, instrumental in the success of the picture. I think they give great comedic performances. John Deal was a regular on Miami Vice, and John Volstead, a regular on The New Heart Show. Both have been really excellent in more TV and movie shows and could be counted. Ah, the Dorfus Maneuver. I remember when we were writing this scene, I wondered how well it would play. Not the first fart joke in a movie, but one of the early ones, and one that we used as a running gag that worked quite effectively. This was a house not too far from the soundstage. We used it for several scenes in the movies, both day and night. All these scenes were filmed in one very long day and night. The Valley Girl speak that uh, Corinne does as Patsy Rudder was very hot at the time, and she does an excellent job with it. Ketchup on cookies. Ah, I wonder if that's on the pyramid, uh, on the food. Ketchup on cookies. I wonder if that's on the food pyramid. Maybe it should be.
This uh, van was created for one of my earlier films, Angel's Brigade. And I knew that it was a special van. And uh, it had a hot tub in it. So we figured out a way to use it in joysticks. Leaf Green was very athletic and takes a great fall head first into a very shallow hot tub. Strip video. I think we may have invented that game. I imagine people are still playing it. Larry Bach was my editor. He did a fantastic job on a, on a low budget picture. You shoot very little film and yet somehow it has to be put together to tell the story and get the laughs. And he made it work. This was one of Larry's first pictures. He also cut my next picture, Final Justice. Larry has gone on to edit many major films in a long and continuing career. Most recently he cut uh, Down With Love with Renee Zellweger. The three guys listed in the credits as associate producers were extremely valuable in the making of the picture. All were young, talented, and new to the business. And each has gone on to have really a wonderful career and continues working to this day. In credit order, since that's the way they got billed, I'll talk about them. Curtis Birch, also one of the writers, worked from conception through the final print 
He's been an executive now in Hollywood for many, many years and is currently working with James Cameron. Daryl Cass has become one of the most in-demand production managers in the business. He's worked on many, many major pictures, most recently uh, Adam Sandler's Click. George W. Perkins went most successfully into television and currently produces the ABC hit uh, television series, Desperate Housewives. The uh, credited executive producers were the heads of uh, the distribution company. They had nothing to do with the actual production. The original title for the picture was Video Madness. One day during editing, I got the idea for the joysticks title. On the way to lunch, there was a kid, about oh, maybe 13, on the street, and I, I asked him what uh, the word joystick meant to him. He said, I know what you want me to say, and I'm not going to say it. I knew right then. He had a great title. I actually wanted to call it joystick, but the distributor, uh, he wouldn't said he couldn't use that title. Remember, this was uh, 1982, early 80s. Anyhow, we compromised on joysticks. I didn't see the difference in it, and I think the title was very important to the success of the picture. Uncle Joseph, what? What do you want us to do? Why don't you idiots to do nothing? Don't worry, Max. I got an idea. Great. I hope it's a good one. Is my mascara overdone? Max, cut it out. No, really. If it's too much, I can fix it. Your mascara is fine. You wouldn't just say that? Max, you look great. Don't worry. What, what's this? Let me see some. Oh, Let me see some. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. God, don't be such a bully. Now, don't forget. Max, we got to look and act like these video game pinball players so we can check out the place and they won't notice it. Okay. Max, you got it? Uh-huh. You got it? Yeah. It's Maxine. I'm going to lay you out. You promise? <laughs> Man, I love wheels. I want to get me some wheels. Wait! Stop! Has anyone ever told you? You got great legs. Not in years. Come here. Okay. You know, uh, definitely. Video material. Oh, thank you. Love, man. It's love. It's, yeah. it's cool. It's, it's groovy. Peace. Peace. Come on, Max. Mm. Maxine, let's go inside. Maxine. Oh. Yeah. Come on, Maxine, let's go inside. Wait. Don't leave me like this. Oh. Peace, brother! Peace! Is this a car? 
Oh, I want to play this. Oh, looking good, Mama. <laughs> Is there something you want? Yeah, I'd like to play this game. <laughs> no, I don't think so. That's uh, Candy Castillo. He also helped on the crew in the art department. I used Candy uh, as an actor and in props and set dressing and numerous pictures. Talented fellow. John Deal shakes when uh, Candy puts his uh, hand on his shoulder. Little things like that can make a difference in a film. During takes, when we were changing lighting, changing cameras, what have you, if the crew wasn't specifically doing something, they and I would play these damn video games. They can be addictive. They're a lot of fun, especially when you don't have to put the quarters in. Now this is uh, Rudder's house, that same house that has the pool in the backyard. This is also the same day, of course by now it's gone into night. When you have something like this you try and film the daytime stuff. You have a later call obviously because you're going to work into the night. You have a later call and then you film the day stuff and you hope to schedule it closely enough so that during your lunch or dinner break is when you change from day to night. Almost all actors want to do their own stunts. And uh, you just can't let them because if something happens to them, you're screwed for the day or for a longer period of time. And in a low budget, you just can't do that. You can't take that risk. Now, these are the actors here. And yes, they're on a ladder, but this is a stunt double. It's the only stunt doubles used in the picture. This is uh, Rick Sawyer and Mike Tillman. 
I'd used Mike before, and he was always good, and you could count on him. This uh, entire sequence in the next few minutes is one of my favorites in the picture. It gets, I think, the biggest laughs in the picture. And John Caper was my music supervisor. He's done uh, more films than you could possibly imagine. He did literally hundreds of them where he supervises the music. And I think that uh, he did really a very good job with the music here. When you're in intercutting uh, two sequences, one at one location, one at the other, uh, where you decide to go back to the other location can be uh, an interesting question. And basically what you usually do is you need a transition in time. You need something to happen and you don't want to keep with that sequence. So you cut to the other sequence and then the audience assumes that while they were away, uh, Time has passed and certain things have happened. I like that uh, John Volstead is riding as <laughs> John Deal dollies out the video game. There's an example of cutting away. When we came back, Joe Don was out of his street clothes and into his uh, night clothes. And it would have been boring just to see him change, so we just cut away and come back to it. This uh, particular Dorfus maneuver gets one of the biggest laughs and longest laughs in the film. Joe Don was great to work with. He, he, he really loved doing comedy. He was very uh, inventive. He asked me if he could use the name Dr. Michelson. 
Dr. Michelson is the real doctor that uh, is known as the Hollywood doctor. He gives the insurance exams to actors for many, many years. I love the idea, so we use Dr. Michelson's name. Curtis Birch, one of the associate producers, said after this sequence was put together that if he were a teenager, he'd love this movie. I began to think that we might have something that really worked. When I screened the picture for the uh, distribution executives, they hated the picture. They said it wasn't funny, it didn't make sense. And I was shocked because I was certain that an audience would respond to it. And then we tested the picture in, uh, back in San Antonio, Texas. And it, it went through the roof. We did uh, $9,000 weekend. In those days, tickets were a couple of bucks maybe. And it was huge. So they uh, decided that they didn't know what the teen market needed or wanted. And they released the picture. We did a lot of business. This also gets a big laugh when Patty comes out and sees Eugene in the hallway leaving her mother's bedroom. When you work on a low budget and a tight schedule, you don't have time to film various angles. So you often try and do a little camera move like was done just there and have a two or three shot where the actors have to respond. Puts more pressure on the actors, but uh, it's a necessity of low budget filmmaking.
That's Rick Sawyer. I'm sorry, that's Mike Tillman doing that uh, double of uh, Eugene. And then uh, this is the actual actor, as you can see him move into frame. Like I said, Leaf was really very well coordinated and can do the physical stuff well. At this time, there were no, uh, no such thing as a big screen video game. So uh, I wanted uh, some way to show this contest. And I came up with the idea to have giant screens and an arena where they could play in with the, with the uh, big control balls. And, yeah, I think it works really well. Nowadays in arcades, they do have the big screens because they have to compete with uh, the home video. At the time we filmed this, uh, the video game Satan's Hollow had not been released. But uh, the guys at uh, Nintendo gave me an advanced copy for the picture. And those are opticals. The game itself was placed in after the uh, filming was done. So the actors don't really know what they're reacting to. 
I would just talk them through, now there's an explosion, you've won, now you've lost, and so on. Games are more sophisticated now, but for its day, Satan's Hollow was a very sophisticated game. Joysticks was the second picture that I was able to use uh, what's called video assist, which allows the director to see on a video monitor exactly what's being filmed. Uh, I've used it ever since. It's a terrific, terrific tool. Uh, John Houston, who had directed, I don't know, several, well, more than 100 films, got to use video assist on, I think, his next to the last film he was able to do, and he said he didn't know how he ever made a movie without it. Nice sound effect on that neck crunch. Of course, sound effects and uh, footsteps and so on are added during post-production. 
you try and get as clean a dialogue track as you can during production. That's uh, Jacqueline Cole. Jackie was in many of my films. We were together for more than 30 years. She passed away a few years ago. Not only was she a wonderful actress, but she was a very special person. She is missed and loved by all who knew her. I like to put uh, fun references to classic movies. Right here in River City, we got trouble. Starts with V and that rhymes with video games. Thanks for running a bordello. Bordello? Yes, you should have seen the expression on the druggist's face when I picked up these slides this morning. Look at this one. What, what do you get there? And so, at the video arcade, with one very angry and frustrated parent, this is Alexis Wheeler, Channel 6, Up to the Minute News. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, I got an idea. Alexis! This is Alexis Wheeler speaking to you poolside at the home of Mr. Joseph Rudder, who is conducting the campaign in this city to close down the video arcade. Mr. Rudder, thank you for allowing us into your home. Could you reiterate to our audience what it is you plan to accomplish? Now, we have a contingency of parents uh, demonstrating in front of the arcade now, and we will continue to do so until Mayor Neville calls a special meeting of the city council to discuss this issue specifically. And it has to be done soon before any more harm to our children is done. Uh, have you, in fact, ever gone to the video arcade? I mean, I made myself clear, lady. The damn video arcade is nothing but a breeding ground for decadent and antisocial behavior. That's interesting, Mr. Rudder. Uh, speaking of antisocial behavior, I have photographic evidence of you at the arcade with two semi-nude girls in your arms. What, what is this? Is this a setup or something? I mean, who do you think you are, Mike Wallace or Howard Gosell or something, huh? Are you aware of the photograph of which I speak? I have no idea of what you are talking about. Do you have that photograph with you? No. <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, but I do know where it can be found. Uh, yeah, well, this is the worst example of shoddy journalism I have ever seen. Well, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty good example of shoddy journalism. No further comment. Thank you. Uh, no, Mr. Rudder, we're not quite through. We have a few more questions. Uh, we, sorry, we have just no, a few more questions. Uh, no, Uncle Joseph says no. it's over. It's over. All we have to do now is wait for his call. We got him this time. Hey, I thought you said you were coming along. These guys don't count. You got the photographs like we agreed? Yeah, but there's something I want you to understand. Two brother. things. I want the photo, and I want you to tell that lady journalist that photo was a phony. You can have it. But you got to promise that you'll leave this arcade alone and that you'll drop those stupid charges. I promised you that on the phone, didn't I? Now, where's the photo? It's right over here behind the bar. But he's a Texas boy, a gentle soul, and... Uh, Really a sweet man. 
got the photograph. John Grise was uh, such a nice guy. He came to me and he said, do I really have to call these picketers old people? And I said, King Vidian would, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, you're right, Graydon, okay. So he did it. Back at the Rudder House that same day of filming. Joe Don ad-libbed that line about mouth-to-mouth. This uh, 
may be getting a bit technical, but uh, one way you can uh, shoot uh, low budget is to stage scenes so that they play without the necessity of a reverse or a change in camera angle. This scene is a good example of that. I really only had to film in one direction for the entire sequence. It'll come back in a second, guys. I don't know what the hell that is. This is another stolen scene shot just behind the soundstage. These uh, pocket bikes were supplied by their wholesaler. We always tried to get as much supplied by various companies as uh, possible. Today in major studio films, of course, the uh, product placement is a major business and companies pay many, many, many thousands of dollars to get their products placed. We were happy if they would give us the uh, product for the use in the film and we didn't have to rent it. That's Jackie again. And again, this is basically one angle because of time constraints. It puts a lot more pressure on the actors because uh, we don't have a cutaway. So if they fluff a line or go up on a line, we have to start all over again. That's uh, Logan Ramsey playing the mayor. He's a longtime character actor who really always gives a wonderful performance. The guy sitting camera right uh, to his left is Mike Starita. Mike was uh, instrumental in uh, helping me finance a lot of my films, playing a city councilman. Some have told me over the years that uh, that the movie Footloose took some of the uh, plot that we had. A reactionary town leader trying to stop the kids from doing what they wanted to do. I guess great minds think alike. Nurse Tubbett was played by Justine Lenore. When an actor or actress comes in for one day's work, they don't know anything really about the uh, production, how we're working or what we do. They just have to fit in. And these are professional character people who are able to do exactly that. Clean them off when they're through. 
The coach was played by Reed Crookshanks. Reed's a familiar face, having worked in movies and TV for many, many years. John Grise was full of ideas. It was his idea to sit not in the chair, but on it, on the top of it. Jodan's version of what the uh, arcade was like. Now, this is all done in one shot uh, as we pan to see the arcade going from element to element. Again, budgetary restraints, time restraints, but I think it works. Mud wrestlers. It's a nice touch. If arcades had this kind of thing, I think they'd still be in business. Now, uh, Jefferson Bailey's view of the arcade is also done in one shot. Of course, it's going to look differently. That baby there is uh, Jackie and my son, Trevor. He was about four months old at the time. I really used the same pan, dolly pan actually, uh, as I did with the other, uh, with the version that was Joe Don, the version of Hell in the arcade. This is the version of Milk and Honey, I guess, in the arcade.
We did a lot of things that uh, some people found offensive. This with the uh, Pope and the Cardinal and the uh, another fart joke was certainly one of them, but our motto was anything for a laugh. gentlemen, as a way of clearing up Mr. Rudder's definition of immoral slime, watch this. And in conclusion, as for the video arcade being a threat to the community, I'll tell you that until my grandfather and I opened the arcade, these kids never felt that they belonged to a community at all. At the arcade, the kids belong. This uh, location for, was a uh, VFW uh, facility where they held meetings and stuff and we rented it, uh, brought in the chairs and the tables and worked well. So 
Didn't we have to speak for you? Yeah, this is the one who speaks for me. And I challenge you to a game. My man against any man you choose. If you win... But if I win... You can see Joe Don pull the other two actors closer to him so I could move the camera in a little bit and yet see all three of them. Joe Don liked working with the young actors uh, a lot. He uh, would rehearse and rehearse and rehearse with them because he knew that I could only take one or two takes. And he was uh, very helpful to me. This back room of the arcade was built as part of the set, so it was a situation where we could go directly from one room to the next. Sandy. She was also in Wacko for me. A great looking young woman. 
everything was wonderful. Until I looked into a video screen, and there was the reflection of her father. Eugene, it was awful. He started slapping her. What happened then? I moved out of town. I haven't seen it. And now, every time I look into one of those screens, I see the reflection of her father. I haven't played those games. I'll help you, Jeff. You gotta come through this. Everybody out there is depending on you. I can help you, Jeff. You can count on me, Jeff. The music a little bit uh, reminiscent of the Rocky theme where Rocky's working out. That's called a rack focus, when you start out of focus and then you bring it into focus. It's an inexpensive way to have a transition in time. You cut from uh, point A to an out-of-focus shot, then bring it in, the audience feels it. It's like an optical transition, although it's all done in the camera, and therefore there's no additional cost to it. back to this uh, arena for the big game. And of course, uh, the big game had to be based on the big original, which was Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man. And that's practical. That's not an optical showing the uh, screens. It only becomes an optical when the actual game is on it, because that was added later. Like that's the optical of the game placed in there. This was a huge, huge hit. This game. And here you just hear the sound effects of the TV, and we never cut to it. I don't think we need to. The sound effects work, and of course sound effects are very inexpensive. If we had to put a cartoon on the TV and actually show it, it would have been thousands of dollars, which we didn't have.
and a Dorfus maneuver that saves the day. That's uh, Morgan Lofting playing Mrs. Rudder. She works a lot today in TV. This is another one of these time passage situations where you're intercutting two situations that happen at the same time, but when you intercut one with the other, you can pass time and you don't know where you are in the game. Or in the case of uh, Dorfus and Mrs. Rudder, you don't know what's happening with them, but when you come back to them, you realize time has passed. and the mayor shows up. As I said, video games were fairly new at this time. And this game that he's about to play is one of the first ones. One of the least sophisticated of all the games, but it was very successful. And most adults knew nothing about uh, video games or video arcades. Here I have Morgan turn and look directly into the camera, milking the laugh, and it really gets a big laugh. Normally, of course, an actor does not look into the camera. This was all part of the very long day of filming at the Rudder's house. 
I think it's a nice touch that the mayor gets uh, hooked on the video games. Joe Don asked me if he could uh, sing uh, Turn Out the Lights, The Party's Over, like they did when uh, Monday Night Football. And uh, I said, yeah, I would let him do it, but he couldn't do more than just that line because I was concerned about uh, rights to the song, but you can use a small amount. It's considered fair use. So it was his idea, and I think it was a good one.
the uh, lead character's name, Jefferson Bailey, his grandfather's name, George Bailey. Ring a bell? Jimmy Stewart's character in It's a Wonderful Life. And uh, I cast an actor I thought looked like Jimmy Stewart for the grandfather. They'll slide that down over this when he first comes in. It looks like Jimmy Stewart. Sandy. Yeah. And so Eugene is about to finally uh, get laid here and not have to uh, be outside the group, but be in it. And who is it? It's Mrs. Rudder. Well, I hope that uh, this director's commentary has added to your enjoyment in watching joysticks. It's given me an opportunity to revisit it after all these years. Thanks for watching and listening. Goodbye.